Hello and welcome to NFT. I'm your host, Dr. Jeremy. This episode is presented by Aspen, the NFT platform. It's been a minute. Uh, NFT NYC was a vibe and there was a lot going on and uh, just sort of getting back into the flow of life after that has taken a while. But I couldn't be more excited to bring you this episode. I had the opportunity to at long last sit down with Nick, one of the founding members of The Wanderers, which is what I believe one of the most undervalued and under respected and appreciated projects in the entire NFT ecosystem. So we got into it all, including like, how does Nick feel um, knowing there are a, an abundant number of projects that are delivering way less, way worse and and are, are, are quote unquote valued more. So uh, I couldn't be more excited to share this episode with you. I hope you really enjoy it. We're gonna have a quick word from our sponsors, VinoVest, and then we're gonna jump into it with Nick from The Wanderers. Hope you enjoy it. Fine wine has long been a cornerstone of wealth generation and preservation. The problem? Historically, it's been reserved for the ultra wealthy. VinoVest is changing that. If you know me, you know I'm always looking for the next big player in the industry. I was amazed at how easy it was to get started in diversifying your investment portfolio. Wine has one-third the volatility of the stock market and has outperformed the global equities market over the past 30 years with 10.6% annualized returns, proving that the returns can be as robust as your favorite red. VinoVest makes it easy to acquire new investments equipped with a team of world-class sommeliers who evaluate wine and determine which ones will gain value over time. You own the wines in your portfolio outright. You can buy, sell, and even drink them whenever you want. Go to zen.ai slash nfteach to receive two months of fee-free investing on VinoVest. Be sure to mention that NFT is helping you save on two months of management fees. It's time to start investing with VinoVest today. Joining me on the Aspen guest line is none other than Nick from The Wanders. Nick, welcome to NFT. How are you? Thank you for having me. I am good. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing really well. It's been an eventful day for you, um, a loud day for you. Yeah, it had, and it was a loud night too. It was just, um, it's July fifth, so we had a quite an eventful Fourth of July in Philadelphia here, and I didn't get much sleep. And then I've had construction going on all all day, right in, into my walls next door. So I do apologize if you hear any hammering or drilling, which it sounds like big farting. So if you do hear that, it is drilling, and it is not me. So I'm gonna clarify that on the I, record right now you know this is the first like flatulence disclaimer that we've ever led an episode with but um i'm here for it and glad that it's happening uh in real time so nick is not farting i am not farting let's just make it abundantly clear um but all jokes aside nick i'm just a huge fan of the wanderers and everything that you guys are building and uh it came to me during the nft boom last year i'm in a whatsapp group with uh, a buddy named pack rip ewing and I had just come into some ETH from selling some Top Shot. And I'm like, hey, you know, what are some projects I should look into? And he said, you should check out the Wanders. And so went to OpenSea and it's this post mint. And I saw the art and the, like the art design. And I was just like, oh, this is just so cool. Like it was, I think at that point, maybe one of, if not the first animated 
NFTs that I had seen where there was any motion involved, uh, sophisticated motion, I guess I would say, because I did have a Dario de Siena where it was like a GIF, but this was different. So, I mean, I guess for people that maybe haven't, you know, aren't familiar with the project itself, like, can you just describe what the Wanderers are? Yeah, so we have a a few collections out now, but our our Genesis collection title track, The Wanderers, uh, is 8,888 pilots warping through space, um, first person point of view. And um, I think the thing that really made them stand out to people like yourself is that um, this kind of this was during the the, the first kind of uh, avatar profile picture uh, craze. And we kind of uh, put our own twist on it where you see everything except for the avatar, except for the, the face. Um, and we kind of were having fun with the idea that like you are the profile picture because you're seeing this intergalactic story um, of of a character warping through space. And, and there was just a, an incredible amount of, of combinations. We, we had something like three to four um, quadrillion possible combinations when we minted. And so, you know, you might get one where there's someone who's got, you know, a laser rifle in one hand and, and a beer bottle in the other, and their windshields are cracked and there's, um, you know, a planet destroyer outside the window and, and they're warping away from it and or warping towards it. And so every single, um, combination has like this really kind of, and because you're in the driver's seat looking at them and they all have music too. And so every, um, kind of combination has like this kind of interesting story when you look at it of like, how did this pilot get here? Um, and so that kind of depth to it really, uh, pulled in a really, um, tight knit community right off the bat of trait hunters and, um, sci-fi geeks, um, that has, you know, really stuck around, um, to this day. And I think helped us, uh, establish, um, the, the Wanderers community as, as feeling really different. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to go through the collection. So I'm glad you didn't, you know, go through them all, uh, cause that w- that's kind of the structure of our talk today, but yeah, uh, it, it is, it is like aesthetically for me, uh, and I am not a sci-fi geek. Uh, just just to be clear, like there's just something about it that's just like really beautiful and, and really aesthetically pleasing to me. Uh, and NFTs, I have an eight year old uh, son and we always shop together like this is it's our thing. And that was one of those when he saw he was just like, oh, this is so cool. And I think it sort of opened his mind up to how these things could 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 be different. I didn't know that it was meant to be like sort of a juxtaposition against the PFP you know, where you're seeing the character as the whole focus of, of the art and, and what you're you're looking at versus like the action of, of what's happening is the pilot in the wander. So that's good. Uh, interesting learning for me. And and thank you for that. So before we get into the, the origin collection, which we already sort of talked about a bit, the NFT NYC, you guys threw an event, uh, had the opportunity to be there. Um, what was that like? I mean, COVID sort of really um, played wreaked havoc. And even in November for NFT NYC was, it was, you know, uh, I would say a smaller event than what we experienced this past June. So uh, maybe describe the event and and what it was like to connect with your community in real life. Yeah, that was our very first um, IRL uh, experience ever. Um, I hope you had a a good time there, by the way. Um, We certainly did. Um, And so that was the first time a lot of our team uh, ever 
met each other as well. So we have a, a lot of our team is lives in completely different parts of the world in America, Canada, um, UK, Hong Kong. Like we're completely spread apart all over um, the world. And so only a few of us have ever actually met in person before. And so we, you know, flew people out. A lot of people, some people drove in. And the night before the event was actually the first time that majority of us, uh, we all met for for a big dinner. And that was really, really fun. Um, had a lot to drink that night uh, and almost didn't make it to our own event the next day. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was like, it was just really, really cool. And it was really um fun to see it all you know we we really wanted to to bring our wormhole to life which is a really big part of our uh the origin story of the wanderers where they um a few of the the heroes fly through a wormhole and get fractionalized out the other side and get split up into um thousands of of mixed up um iterations of each other so we really wanted to bring that experience um, into the physical world so you could walk through it and you kind of gets it gets becomes trippy and you see mirrored versions of yourself um so we we built that um but yeah it, it just felt like a really nice you know there was just really really amazing people there like yourself who who um and it just kind of felt like something met a lot of really amazing people in the community um and uh had our musician out there uh lando so yeah it just felt um like a long time coming, something really special to, to actually realize finally. And it was like the first of um, something, you know, it kind of felt like validating to, to finally be able to do that and know that this, it kind of, all these people you've been talking to for almost a year now online um, are willing to make a journey out to, you know, hang out together and, and believe in something bigger. Yeah, hundred percent. I got there late. I was at Ape Fest and then came over uh, during the tail end uh, of Ape Fest. I, I got in a taxi and then um, and then got over there. And uh, I think it was interesting because I didn't really at the point when I got there, it was starting. I think it went till eleven. And I think I got there maybe like nine forty five or ten o'clock. So things were kind of starting to wind down a little bit. Uh, but I ended up meeting. The only person I really spoke to, I spoke to Triangles, and then I spoke to um, one other gentleman who happened to be the developer of Seaport for OpenSea, and he's like a maxi and has 50-some Wanders NFTs, so we were having a, a big conversation uh, and, and having a really good time. Uh, so no, event was great. It was a lot of fun, uh, and, and I think like that for a lot of communities, this NFT NYC was really powerful because it was, it was that story of teams meeting from our company. Uh, we had nine in town from NFT NYC and we're based in Edinburgh, Scotland, but like we also have team, you know, team members all over the place. So from, from our side, it was nice to be together too. But yeah, it was, it was a really, really nice time. Party was great. Wormhole was great. Um, I was very happy that I didn't get fragmented and fractionalized into thousands of pieces and I remained intact. Uh, but I think I was probably just too large for the wormhole to, uh, to split apart. Uh, but the merch was great. Also, I wanted that hat so badly. So I was really like, there was no way I was going to leave without finding one of those. And, and I did, and then I got some, some dust, uh, uh, I don't know what you would call them chips from the table as well. Um, which is one of the things I want to talk about is like 
overall, like the design is extremely intentional in what you guys build and gals build. Um, wait, well, where does that passion for detail come from? And, and I, I bring up the dust logo is like the dust logo itself when it animates together is probably one of my favorite pieces of design that I've seen in the space. So like, I don't know, maybe speak for the inspiration for wh where that comes from. Yeah. So, you know, I've been a designer artist all of my life. Um, and I, you know, out of school, um, I went to a graphic design school where I first started learning animation. And then out of there, I, um, worked at a, uh, really awesome, uh, design agency for, for many years where I, uh, worked alongside met a lot of really talented um like really high caliber people um and i uh where we specialize in essentially putting up um interactive work installations um you know touch screens and projections and building websites and all this stuff so i actually had a really good basis in like doing really amazing high quality um interactive exhibition style work. Um, so when I eventually left there and went off on my own, like I think that kind of attention to, to kind of trying to raise the bar carried through. And so, you know, eventually getting into, um, I've always been into to crypto too for since like my freshman year of college for like, since like 2015, but, um, the bridge into, to NFTs and wanting to make my own, um, collection i just kind of have always understood that like everything you do it has to be like the highest possible quality and caliber that you can and then like everything else will will follow that like and i think we're really seeing the messaging of that um you know as a result of like especially what's happening in the market now we're just like junk will get flushed out here um, and people will are kind of like clinging to what's left in quality. Um, you know, if you can't, if you don't have, if you're not willing to like stand behind the quality of work that you're, you know, you have to be able to want to stand behind your work. Um, and that's just kind of something that I've always been really passionate about is just kind of always wanting to step things up, raise the bar. So yeah, even little details, like, you know, we're going to make a, if we're going to make a token, like we're going to, I'm going to hire the best person that I've known that makes logos and it's going to be the best damn token it's hot, logo. It's hot shit, seen, man. I'm not, right? I'm not even going to lie to you. I'm not even going to gas you up right now. That logo is so freaking dope. And like, uh, our chief creative officer is a holder. Also our CEO is a holder also. And so it's just one of those things where you just like tip the, tip the cap and just say respect. Like this is cool. And so uh, I just really appreciate that level of detail. And that's why it's a collection where I would never sell. I would never, ever sell because I, I think from a collector's perspective, it's also about taking a stance for quality because there's a lot of bullshit in the space in terms of some of these projects. And uh, I could go on a big rant about Kevin memes right now if I wanted to, but like it's part of what makes the space seem shady and grifty and full of shit and, and not seem real, you know? Uh, like Yuga has built, a real business out of what they've done. And I think like the, the builders, there's a very small 
group of builders who I feel like are really building for the future. And and you guys and your team are are one of them. So we talked a bit about the the Genesis NFT. Let's talk about Planet Pass a little bit, which was the the next drop that happened. Um, it was in Twitter and Discord forever. When planets, when planets. Uh, talk to people maybe about a high level of what the Planet Pass is in in sort of everything that came to be around dust in the Planet Pass. Yeah, so our original um, concept for it was that it is a intergalactic travel agency. So you own planets and you can have a passport and you visit planets, you get stamps in your passports. And so planet owners charge a visit price and planet visitors can visit planets, pay the fee, whatever that uh, planet owner is charging and then get stamps in the passport. Um, and basically it becomes a, a, you know, a, a flex or a collection style game of, of who wants to get the most stamps in their passport and a kind of, um, you know, a, a leaderboard style, um, I guess economy grows over, uh, you know, people who, who, who are charging the most, the, the least for their planets and who's getting the most stamps in their passports. And, and underlying all this, we have renameable planets and, and customizable planets and um, upgradable passports and, and all this stuff. You know, we've been working for a really, like I, I would say a, you keep saying when planets and, and when planet pass, because at this point it's been a, a long time coming of since we've released the collection and, and where we are at, at with it, because we've kind of reworked the idea back and forth for a really long time. Um, I think with seeing, things that have um, come out that we've been inspired by and what they've done right, what they've done wrong. And, you know, going back to what I was saying before, we're like, we don't want to just release something for the, you know, for the hell of it and then not be happy with it. Um, So we've kind of been toying with so many things and then scrapping it, going back on it. And so eventually this kind of turned into more of like a um, story generation um, idea where, um, and now where essentially you can send characters to planets and they, uh, it's like a trip advisor thing. This is also, if, if you're completely unfamiliar, this might sound like complete gibberish out of context <laughs> and I apologize. Um, but in the, very recently, um, you know, especially with how um, brutal I think things have become for for people, for me too. Not gonna lie, in this in this market, um, I've just really come to appreciate like openness and accessibility in games, um, and so we're really looking at tweaking it to become much more approachable for for open communities. That means involving uh, involving all NFTs um, and how we can work in other communities and how we can make it more accessible so that um, not every single thing is an on-chain transaction every single time you want to do something. Um, you know, so to... In a nutshell, like I don't have a, t- a ton to expand on right here because we're still in a we've 
we were tweaking it a lot in, in experimentation, but uh, I'm happy with, again, a new tweak for it that I think people will will uh, be excited by because it's going to expand out bigger than just our community, where it's, it's always been very exciting for our community, but now it's going to branch out a little bit bigger and be more accessible um, for people. Yeah. And, and I, I don't know who manages social, uh, but there was a tweet about gaming and interoperability that, that came through the Wanderers uh, account the other day. And yeah, I, I mean, there's gaming is a really tricky thing uh, to, to figure out in the space for a couple of reasons. One, because most of the games are fucking terrible, which is a big problem uh and two because to your point like barrier to entry you have crypto and you have assets that are usually very expensive um if they're genesis assets for a game um which makes it anything but accessible and so yeah i think building a dope game that anyone could play whether they have an nft or not is the way and EV has done it really well and others are starting to sort of take notice uh mini royale has done it really well too of, of building really fun games that you can play that are that you would play regardless of liking nfts not liking nfts but games that you would actually play and i think like the the big negative about the space is like there's a and, and people like to dunk on axie now because it's cool to dunk on them but no one was dunking on them when they were like you know making tons of money and everyone who owned them was making tons of money but one of the the people that runs axie the quote and i'll find the screenshot and retweet it was like we we then realized that Axie had to be a game. It's like, well, holy shit! Like, if, if you're just realizing that a game needs to be a game, uh, we have you know a, a long way to go. And when people think gaming, they think Web three gaming. They think Axie. And so, I think like the accessibility thing is the most important thing. And you have to stir in the NFT stuff in a way that doesn't piss off traditional gamers and just not make them not even want to get involved at all. So that is. A lot of work to figure out for sure yeah the the underlying thing that's going to make I, i'm so so skeptical of of blockchain gaming of play to earn gaming and not because i think it's all dumb but i think that the thing that people don't under aren't getting right is that you have to be able to take out every nft every token and there has to be a fun game underneath if you if you can't take all that out and the game itself isn't fun, then th the game is doomed to fail. Like, and I think maybe I never really played Axie. I never played Axie Infinity, but I think that might have been the core underlying problem is that the game probably wasn't that fun to begin with. And so when you have when it became such a big empire, essentially, but at the core, the game wasn't that fun. And it became people's literally people's salary and their lifestyle. They're getting their grandmas to play it to pay for their rent. And then but the game itself is not, they're not playing it for the fun of the game. That's a, a really big problem. And so like, you know, for example, like I'm very, I, I'm super bullish on NFT worlds because it's Minecraft. Minecraft is one of the most popular games in the world. We already know that that's a successful game. And it's now- It's sticky. There's no proof of concept needed for that. Right. So now you just throw on the aspect of, hey, well, you can also- earn a little bit of tokens on top for chopping down trees. In my opinion, that's a no brainer. That's going to work. That's super, super obvious that that will be massively successful when, when like, you know, Tommy can come home from after class and get, and, you know, 
buy cosmetics with something that he earned in the game. Very, very clear how, how that's going to work. Nick, let's stay there for a second because you just hit on something that's also very, very absent in the blockchain gaming space, which is spending, buying things for fun because you want them. Like the the, the way I always explain is my eight-year-old is a huge Fortnite gamer and I play with him a lot too. He doesn't come to me to buy the Bruno Mars skin because he even likes Bruno Mars. He comes to me to buy the Bruno Mars skin because he wants to change the appearance of his avatar. And I, I do feel like there's this conflation of owner ownership and speculative value that is like a miss and really throwing off people from the path of like, to, like if I were making an NFT game today, I wouldn't have a token at all for the game. I would just make a fun game and there's an in-game currency that you can spend on cosmetics and that would be it. That would be the only, you can own the assets, sure, but like until we get people transacting for fun, uh, that and that that is also a really problematic issue with the gaming space. So I'm excited to see what you're going to do, uh, and and your team is going to do, and how they approach this. Because one thing I know for fucking damn sure is you're not going to half-ass something, and you're not going to half-bake something. You're going to be really, really thoughtful about it. And I mean, in general, like we're going to move on to Wanderknots now. But one of the things that made me so excited about Wanderknots was I just knew. It was going to be done really, really well. And so I remember claiming, I think I've purchased three or four more since then. Um, like, like I just knew they would be slick. And so maybe just talk people through Wandernauts because b b between Planet Pass and Wandernauts, a lot of lore was brought into the Wanderers community. So I know I just asked you like a really loaded question, but in essence, like maybe explain the journey from Planet Pass to Wandernauts and all the different things that went on between A and B. Yeah, so you know we we felt that it was really necessary to um, evolve into having profiles, avatars for people to have that representation, and it's a it's really useful for you know when we are now branching into you know we see gaming as being massive um, in all the gaming avenues that we are going into. Um, so Wandernauts are just really, really useful for us to, um, you know, first of all, explain all the characters that we have. And, you know, these are like cosmically tied to your Wanderers. They're every every Wanderer is tied to a wander not some explicitly if they are the the warp squad 16 which are the 16 rarest ones in the, in the collection then these are are explicitly tied one to one you know which one it is the rest in the collection they are not explicitly you know you can you can decide which one is represented by which one um but you know we we generated these to all have um names and and lore uh you know snippets of lore with them um but these will be really uh and, and you know they all have um music and and yeah and animations and um animation highlights that give kind of insight into uh who the character's backstory um because there's there's 16 base characters the the really so the the one rats were so complex to make um, gruelingly complex to make. We we actually had to to create our own software in order to be able to make them in the first place. So 
you know, like a, a normal collection, I want to say normal, I'm not trying to like kind of put down another collection, but because, you know, we've made collections like this in the past when I say normal, you know, let's say just, just for example, like, like, um, you know, doodles or, or even apes. And obviously I greatly admire this, but you, know, you have one character and there are one base character and then all the traits fall on top of it. Right. And you kind of have, it's kind of easy to wrap your head around that. In our collection, we have 16 characters and they all have, so the, each of the 16 characters has a different body shape, a different head shape, different eyes, different hair, whatever, and different animations. And so we actually had to make over 900 traits that, so in in a nutshell, we kind of have 16 different collections in this one collection. And so not only that, but sometimes one character can get another character's traits, but only in that one instance. So we have to program all of these insane rules amongst all of these different characters. And it was just like so excessively complex. We did not have to do it like this, but you know, we're the wanderers. Of course we had to do it like this because it's part of the story. This is what the story is, is that there, you know, 16 characters came, came into the wormhole and then 8,888 messed up versions of these 16 characters came out. So that's what that's what had to be done. We we wrote this. We had to build it like this. Um, so yeah, you know when you're when you go into if you have a, a wander not one of the avatars and you go into World Wide Web three, you will be represented by one of these characters, a pixel version of it. If you go into um, our NFT world server that's being created, you can get cosmetics for one of these. So we, we see these as being our really, um, uh, awesome metaverse representation that, that you can carry around. Yeah. And, and I mean, they are super slick. If you, if people that are listening haven't seen one, I mean, there's a still, there's a bunch of animation, there's lore tied to it. Again, it's, it's done the wanderer's way, which I mean is intentional and thoughtfully done and at the highest level of quality. And, and I ask you this, you know, I want to get your take on the current state of the space right now. Right. Because, you know, we joked a bit earlier about like that, that, oh God, how do I say this, um, in a delicate way or in like a marginal way, like much of, I, I think a lot of the collectors in the space are pretty stupid. Um, and, and I say that because the pri the primary reason for them in the space is to profit first and probably the second and third and fourth reason is profit. And then, you know, like getting something they like or vibe with comes way, way, way after. And I mean, I'm not like, again, I'm not selling mine ever. So like, I don't really worry about floor prices, but this is a, I mean, the Genesis NFTs are, are, in my opinion, criminally undervalued when you see the level of work that goes into them versus some of the crap that uh, like Ryder Rips Bake is a good example of something that was over an ETH, you know, for, I mean, 24 or 48 hours. So how do you sort of like recognize that you might just be early, like you might be too meta for a lot of the collectors that are in the space right now? And like, how do you sort of like wrap your head around the current state of the space collector mindset and what you're trying to build without being discouraged by like in general, like how immature and I would say not future focused a lot of the collectors are. 
That's a fantastic question. I mean, it's something that we all have to like grapple with. I mean, first of all, we have done incredibly well. I mean, we've done, I don't even know. I mean, we've done probably over 5,000, around approximately 5,000 ETH volume, which is like, obviously, like you're saying, personally, I think it's undervalued compared to other stuff. But regardless, it's just like to, if I want to break that down, the fact that we have done what, over five million dollars or five e volume that's current prices at the time it's been more of of in a nutshell you know selling internet videos tied to code that's fucking incredible and i could never be anything other than like eternally grateful for that that being said um you know i think that there is like a um i think there's a lot of greed in the space um and it's not surprising i mean you know crypto is like a, a highly speculative risky asset class and then we're talking about nfts on top of it is like double, like le- double risking it it's like t- i think it's like 10x on top of it and so to the the kind of people that it would attract are like you know it's all, it's a huge mixed bag. And so, you know, I, I kind of, it excites me. It also scares me a lot because I just, for people who they shouldn't be, you know, if you're, if you, you know, I've, I've spent an ETH over an ETH on something that is, you couldn't even sell it right now. Right. I'm, that doesn't, it doesn't bother me because I knew what I was doing. I was like, this is, this isn't going to be worth anything tomorrow, but I really like it. So it's, it's okay. But if you could not afford to do that and you did it because you're really hoping to sell it tomorrow, um, I'm just more like concerned that people are doing that um, because this is just not the place to be doing that. Like if you, if you're doing that and you have to use that money to pay your rent or something like I don't, I don't know. It's too greedy. It's too much greedy behavior. I think I, I, I just really, I really liked it. It felt, it feels different now. Like I really liked it when I was first getting into it. Super rare was popping off so hard. Super rare foundation. And everyone was just selling art on super rare because all the collectors just liked buying one of one art. And that just felt, it felt so positive And like, it felt so like amazing to be like an artist, like selling art on super rare and just people just want to buy it and no one expected anything doing that. And right now it just feels like, it kind of feels like people like scrounging around for like a, like a free thing that they can like just sell right away. And it's like, and that's no one's fault really. It's just also like, you know, we're in a recession and people are hurting. And so it's like, I don't blame anybody or like that's doing that, but it's just like, you know, I, I think everyone feels that and it's like I don't really know how to put into words I guess. No, so there's just a lot of greed like needs to get wiped out, out right? It, yeah. And and I think that we saw this in NBA Top Shot. We we saw the same sort of thing happen. People were selling these these moments for all sorts of money and then, you know, over time the the value came down to uh, to the point where you bought stuff you liked. And I kind of think that what's going to happen is that people are going to buy shit and put shit in their wallet, especially if it's tied to their own personal ETH address, like that they want to hold, like things that they want to represent them in this digital world. Um, 
you know, and and I mean, if I sent you my ETH address right now, there are a couple of things I wouldn't necessarily want to have represent me in the digital world. But point being, I think it's going to start mattering more now uh, what you have in your wallet. Like the conversation is going to change a bit, pivot a bit. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think that your take on the, the greed is a major player in all of this. And then I think like if we're going to go back to the game conversation, that's a totally different mindset. Like when you're buying an NFT gaming project or a blockchain gaming project, you're really a beta tester for them. That's really what you're signing up for. And the game's going to take five years to develop. And, and I think that is another pain point that the gaming side has beyond their tokens, which are all in the mud right now, is that like the mindset of the people who are collecting, there's not enough people yet who are buying stuff that they want. And to be honest, like uh, Aspen, you know, my company, part of the reason that we exist is that we're creating legal terms of ser service and terms of use uh, tied to NFTs where you on chain acknowledge the terms of use so that like we can bring in more historical IP and people can kind of get to that collectible collector mindset in terms of what they're what they're buying and purchasing. Because right now, like I really do think often about like what's something I want to have in my wallet, but I recognize that I'm also, you know, gainfully employed and, you know, I'm 40 and I've been working for a long time. And so like I'm sort of at a different level than someone who's 21 and like just put it all on like crypto dick butts and is hoping it's going to 100 X over the, you know, the next six months. So, yeah, there's an overextension piece of this, but I think in in general, like uh, and, and Quinn, my intern is saying that I am way older than him and he is indeed correct. I am ancient compared to you, Quinn. Uh, God bless you. But yeah, I, I think that the mindset of people is going to change. So, OK, like we've talked about, you know, the Planet Pass. We've talked about the the first NFTs, uh, the, the Genesis collection. We've talked about the Wandernauts. Like what are some drop some alpha on the good people? I'm going to put you on the spot. Nick, and, and what are some things about the future of the Wanderers? I know we have the in real life uh, concert coming at the end of July, but like as a holder uh, and, and someone who's always going to hold and is never going to sell and, and is less a science fiction geek in terms of the lore, I enjoy it. And I enjoy the like the craftsmanship that goes into everything you guys do. What what would be your sort of state of the state for the future of, of the Wanderers as a as a brand? Yeah, so. You know, since since the beginning, like we've I think what was really the most important thing for us was to establish this brand as being a brand that can withstand. So we are super, super focused on, um, you know, propping up this IP as, you know, being something that will uh, be recognizable that can, that can branch out. So, you know, we are, like you said, we have a, a concert coming out that we're playing at a, at a legitimate real music venue in Denver, Colorado at a summit that, you know, at a, at a three day all inclusive summit that like dead mouse is going to be performing at, at, at meow wolf there and like Don Diablo, like crazy other names. And we're going to be closing it out on Sunday. Um, and so we're branching out into music, right? We were, we were approached to play this, um, to close out the thing on Sunday. So we will be playing this, um, the, uh, like an hour and a half immersive set, 
um, with all original music. Um, and you know, so people who, who go to this are going to be in for a treat. Um, and we're exploring ways to, uh, make this a bigger thing too, for kind of the global community. Um, and people, people don't know about Wanderers FM, so they're gonna, they're gonna have to, have to tune in and get ready. But I, I think that, uh, one of the other fundamental challenges that, and I met triangles at the event, um, is that there aren't enough business people in these businesses. And when you've grossed X ETH in whatever the USD equivalent of said ETH is, right? Like, like you're a business, whether you want to view yourself that way or not. And and I, I feel like um, the, 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 the ability to withstand is a scenario that you can only really begin to tackle when you have some level of business acumen on your team. And, and so I'm just curious in, in, ter in terms of like the business sense of the Wanderers, like how has that evolved from the initial drop? Like, was it when it started that you were just going to do the Genesis NFTs and like whatever, like we're going to see what this happens and it's evolved into a brand or was the vision always sort of like, we're going to create this, this high level sci-fi brand that's going to meander into in real life dead mouse music festival in denver like wh where where was the original vision compared to where it sits today oh i mean it's definitely evolved so much we had no idea i we didn't even you know when we first launched it was it was three of us really it was myself emerald who who and and landos who did the music emerald is the as the programmer and you know we had no idea like we were stunned that it minted out in 30 minutes. We couldn't even believe that. And then we were just like, holy shit, this is a real thing. Um, and, you know, at the time we didn't even have a, we didn't even have a bank account or, or a business set up to, to be able to handle something like this. Um, so that was like a whirlwind. I mean, for, for three, three, four five months afterwards, the hardest part was, was creating a business and a bank account around wanderers like that's extremely difficult when you have an influx of cash like that to be able to get an accountant that knows what the fuck you're talking about um and how to you know handle this kind of uh new thing especially at the end of a year it was so oh, so difficult um that was like crazy to, to, to try to handle and everything was pumping like crazy people expect a lot out of you at that time Things slowed down, have slowed down a lot right now, and it's it's actually very, very um, you know, there's not a lot of cash flowing right now for, and this is just in general across the whole market. But I think a lot of projects that are able to survive right now, like us, are feeling a little bit of air to breathe because it's given us time to actually like, okay, we don't have to like announce something every day. We can actually like go back and like to our backlog and like figure out some stuff that we've needed to for for a little bit of time um but yeah so no i mean from day one the idea was not hey we're going to become a worldwide brand that is thrown you know no one could have predicted that this would happen um but once all this stuff crazy stuff started happening it was like okay you know what here are like some big goals that we would want to achieve if we could and we still have some of them that are like on the list and now now that i've brought on some really incredible people like triangles who is just a complete beast um you know we're starting we're starting to check these off and you know we still got some top ones to hit but we're getting a lot closer to it. we're getting very very we're starting to knock on the door there so 
um yeah yeah that i mean um that that is i think a challenge is like the ability to i think surviving just that aspect of all the bull run figuring out how to function as a real business entity and like getting that sorted that alone i think has been very very difficult for people so then now that you have a bit of a chance to breathe uh and i was in a space you were you were talking about a game that you're going to be partnering with earlier today uh, it seems like everyone is sort of the the ability to not be so worried about transacting is giving people you know a bit of a chance to catch their breath and think a bit more strategically about what they want to do which i think is um, good for everyone uh creators and collectors alike listen nick uh i want to thank you for your time today i've, I've been a, a big fan for a long time so this is a huge thrill for me um anything else you want to let listeners know or community members wanders community members know before we wrap up and sign off today uh, yeah, I mean, so we, you know, we have a really cool event coming up in uh, the very end of July. Like I said, in in Denver, um, we have a really awesome NFT Worlds game coming up. We're we're partnering with a really um, cool uh, builder uh, called One Up Nova, who is going to be building us like the premier. NFT Worlds um, server that we're really targeting to be um, like the the best server that we have ever seen that we're really trying to um, add to our uh, our tentacles um, to push into mainstream gaming. Um, you know, we're looking at ways to get even better merch. Um, we. I mean, we got so much. We have. I I do have a bone to pick since you brought up merch. I have bought and purchased a lovely Wanderers hoodie, of which, from a sizing perspective, I I think I it, it ran. Either I am quite a bit larger than I expected, or it ran quite a bit smaller. Uh, so this is why I was very keen to the hat. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I was very excited about the hat because I felt like there was going to be a greater variability to fit my enormous head with the hat than with the hoodie. So the hoodie has been passed on to my eight-year-old son who wears it like a, a dress, but still very <laughs> excited about it. So no, I mean, the merch has been done um, extraordinarily well also. I, and again, it's got that that wanders touch that I, I refer to uh, of just craftsmanship, I guess is the way that I would put it. And um, I feel like that's the secret sauce above everything is like, there's just a level of quality that I would expect. Um, and that trumps any sort of speculative value that I would expect. Like the, the, the expectation of quality in terms of what's delivered is what is hit on. And I think like that's for me, I think as a more mature collector, what I look for. You know, uh, I'm looking for for something that I I'm just happy to hold in, in a community that I'm, I'm happy to be a part of. So really appreciative of your time, Nick. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to have you back on and get a, a postmortem on how the concert goes. I'm really excited to see uh, what that's like for for everyone involved. Uh, but, yeah, thank you so much for joining today. Thank you. I appreciate your time. It was great talking to you, Doc. Hope you enjoyed that episode with Nick from The Wanderers. I want to give a huge thank you to my intern, Quinn Hillerich, who helped book Nick and make this episode possible. We'll be back with more episodes 
including next week, Aspen Scambusters, as well as our new series on Tuesday, Let's Get Legal, which will be with uh, a variety of legal sources in the NFT ecosystem. So really looking forward to getting that going as well. Uh, but for now, I'm going to sign off. Take care of yourselves and each other. Peace.